Hello and welcome to season three, episode two of the Marketing Matters podcast. I'm stood here, I'm still stood here because my back is still a little bit iffy. Um, it's better than it was, but it's, it's getting better. Yeah, I'm stood here with David Wright, my fellow podcast presenter. So hi, David. Hi there. And we, we realized we missed the weather update last time. So I have to say it's a lot less white than I thought it was going to be last night because it, it looked like we were going to get a serious dump of snow yesterday, but it didn't materialize, which I have to say I'm quite pleased about because I had to go out and about this morning. But anyway, we are we are stood here and we're going to continue our series that we started with an introduction on last week around bridging the gap, the technology gap in, in business. And today we're going to talk about websites because these, they're basically a, an essential part of any business's communication kit bag. But David, what's your, what's your take on this this whole subject? Well, I think it's an interesting one because I've been, um, although I would never describe myself as a web developer, the fact is that I've been I've been building websites for oh, 20 years or more, quite a long time anyway. And amongst SME businesses, I, I, I find a consistent thing, which, which I, I'm not sure about, because I believe that for most SME businesses, indeed for most businesses, your website is probably your single most important piece of marketing collateral. And yet, for most businesses, their website is something that they get built or they build themselves or what have you and it's seen as a project that you do and then it just sits there and you move on and do other things even with businesses that are using a website for e-commerce there may be maybe work on updating products and that sort of thing but in terms of using your website as a marketing tool it's remarkable how basically people don't and i believe that one of the reasons is that we, we talked generally last time about a technology gap and i think that the reason that websites kind of get built and then uh, just left to do their own thing is because of the issue of a technology gap that they are built by typically by people who are essentially technologists rather than marketers um, that the people who when when it's your own website you, you perhaps feel that you don't really know how to, to do anything with it and the people who built it have moved on to something else and they're perhaps not interested in providing bits and pieces of support and to be honest you probably don't want to have to pay every time that you yeah. need a picture changing or something yeah. and so so I think and certainly our approach is to, to try and recognize that we want our clients to use their websites in a more proactive basis. And to do that, they need to feel that they have real genuine ownership of their website and feel comfortable with their website and that they're not stuck on the other side of the, the technological abyss, but that they can use it, but that there is support there when they need it. Yeah, because, I mean, we, we tend to to look at sort of websites because of this sort of tech, the fact that like it or not websites are relatively technologically complex and unless you are happy to just take, go to something like Wix and uh, other website builders are available I should say but yeah if you want unless you're happy just to go from Wix and take one of their standard templates and fill in some content and accept that's what you get the moment you want to do anything slightly more involved with websites 
they get technologically complex. And I think you have to accept that. And because of that, we tend to, to approach them in think of it in two phases. And that means you can sort of focus the, the technological bits in the right, the right way. And basically, we say the first phase is building the website. And the second phase is actually managing it day to day. So, and I think the danger is, as you, as you mentioned, all the focus goes on phase one and you get all the technical input and you get the experts in to build it for you. And then it gets launched and everybody with a big fanfare and then sort of gets forgotten about. Yeah, but I, I think we, uh, you've also got to be careful when, when you talk about it moving from, from building it to managing it, that there's often fear that there can be quite a big price tag against that. And there really doesn't need to be if it's approached in the right way, because I think that for a website to really work for you in your business, you do need to have some ownership of it. You do yeah. need to be comfortable dealing with day-to-day stuff yourselves. And that the idea of having support to make the day-to-day stuff straightforward yeah. is, is probably the best solution. And I think this is this is perhaps also one of the issues with the, the off-the-shelf website, web builder packages, whatever, that they might be fine to start with, as you say. But as you have new ideas of things you want to do to market your business, you, you don't really know how to implement those more complex elements into a site. And I think it should be that your, your website can and does adapt to meet the needs of your business rather than you having to stick your business within the confines of what you think mm. your website can do. Because the fact is that actually websites can do pretty much anything. Yeah, and, and I think that issue around where to get the technological involvement is that one of the issues you can get is when you're building a website, even if you're using themes and page builders or whatever, actually the, the way the content goes in can be quite complicated and it means that even going forward if you want to change anything you have to sort of go into the page builder and you have to build it within the sort of structure of the page which can make it very you know very daunting and I've I mean we've taken over websites from people who have said oh I've had this built in a in a page builder and I'm struggling to do the content and you look at it and it's just pages of code and you've got to know where to put the various bits of code to get it to all structure right correctly and that's not right you know I think you need need to be able to as David said split out the complicated bits you don't need to do very often that sort of build the structure and the day-to-day stuff that allow that you you know if you want to change a picture or change a text that should be dead easy and you, you should build it in such a way that that sort of strips that out from the complicated technical structural stuff. But I, th- I think there is also this. This might be uh, me showing a bit of cynicism that that actually there are some people who are involved in building websites who like to keep it complicated mm. on the basis that well, if you can't do it yourself, then who are you going to? How are you going to do? You're going to have to pay somebody else to do it. And 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 I think that's completely wrong because ultimately you are going to get more and more frustrated with your website and you're not going to use it for your business. And ultimately. I think, like like so many other things, and I've said this before, a website is no more than a tool to help you drive yeah. your business. And if, if it doesn't work to help you drive your business, then there's something wrong somewhere. Yeah. And well, it, maybe I can use an example because I quite like uh, quite like examples. I had a we've we've built a website for a, a local farm shop recently, and the owner of the farm shop rang me and said, "Oh, I want to change some of the content on the uh, product category pages." And after digging out, it basically what they wanted to do was to to put some pictures on the big banner pictures and they were asking where the sort of layout was to change these category pages and what I suggested to them was that 
I would spend maybe half an hour or three quarters of an hour just building the, uh, adapting the, the, the sort of the page template to allow them to add these images, but then to set it up in such a way that they could go into a very simpler area of the admin section to add the images and change them as, they, as and when they needed. And that way, I've done the learning curve of how to create these technological, the complex um, layouts. So I could do it fairly quickly. For them, it would have probably taken them a couple of days to, to work out how to do it. And it's a learning curve that they'll probably never use again so it's or, or if they time. do by the time they do use well, it again yeah, they've so forgotten what it was and yeah and and i th- and again i think it's this is where when whatever you're doing building a site build it within the context of a real business yeah so it's it's a business job it's not just a technological job and i think working with people who come at it and this is a bit of a plug for us maybe but come at it very much from a business process standpoint is can pay real dividends over time yeah and and i think it is about as i say splitting out the get it being able to split it so you can get the technological help when you need it but not on a day-to-day basis when you're just changing the content and putting on offers on your website whatever it might be that you don't need to ring someone every five minutes to to get that done and you get if you are if you're saying that you're buying technological know-how by the hour Mm. you're better off using that to help develop a site that you can manage and, and run ongoing yourself than just getting them to to do the job for you every time you need it doing yeah and i think the i mean that's good on the day-to-day thing and even if you decide that you are going to build the site and we have another client who, where this is very much the case where they've uh, taken it on themselves to uh, to build the site and they've, they've built a very nice site and obviously managing it effectively but then one day they went into it and they'd done i don't know whether they'd done something or whatever happened they had just basically just got a blank screen and the, the website just wasn't there and they had no idea what to do about it and in though you know i got a, we got a call which was basically saying help and again because of the fact that we have more we're doing this all the time we were able to identify and diagnose the problem and fix it relatively quickly. And I think that's another area where having the right technological help at the right time can be really useful. Because wherever your technological limits lie, having people who can help you when you go beyond those is really helpful. And I, th- I mean, I think it's, it's, it's no secret that that's something we do as well. Absolutely. That, that there are, you know, we all have situations where we need to upgrade a problem to the next level and we will do that and we have um, techies who support us and sometimes they can be a bit challenging to communicate with not from a they don't speak to you but the the language they use is is very technical but fortunately again we're in a position where we're, we're comfortable both with the language of business and with the language of technology. Yeah, and I to give you an example, from my first foray into uh, having to look after technical things was back in my days when I was in a corporate job. I ended up as, a market, as uh, I was marketing manager at the time, but I ended up running the IT department. And at that time, they had a big sort of mini computer, which took up an air-conditioned room in the building. And every morning I would go in and there would be various lights on this thing and if they were blinking in the right way I knew everything was good but if they did if they weren't blinking it was just a black box to me I could I could deal with the the output from you know working on the screens and whatever but the actual machine was a black box and I had on the wall a phone number 
that if these box, these uh, lights weren't blinking correctly, that was the phone number I rang. And then the techies came on and they fixed it. And I think that's, that's sort of what I'm talking about. Wherever you are, there is always a level at which getting a sort of more expert technical help is really useful. Yeah, and, I, and I, you cannot do everything to run a business by yourself. No. And if you try to, I believe sooner or later you will come unstuck. Yeah. And I, and I suppose what we're uh, sort of advocating here is that make sure you get a partner to work with you on your website who un- is, has both the technical knowledge to help you where you need to, but also the business acumen and the business understanding to be able to talk to you in your language, which is, and your language is likely to be a business one. And on that subject, I really think we should just finish by talking a little bit about the idea of where websites should sit within a bill, within an organisation. Are they a technical issue or are they a marketing issue? David, what's your thought on that? There is no question. <laughs> I that, suspected that might be an answer. That they are no, not an issue, but they are a marketing tool. Yeah. And they, the fact is that they need technical support to, to make them run properly, no more or less than your car is a... It, is a transportation tool mm. and but it needs technical support hopefully not too often to to make sure it delivers on the transportation front and and I think it should be seen like that and I think that uh, it's important that however you, you you manage your website that there is support and that, that support is delivered in a in a way that works for you and is it provides real benefit to help you drive your business and drive your marketing sounds like a sensible approach and just as we close we're going to start to introduce a new feature into these podcasts which is the idea of uh, questions and answers so if anybody who's listening to this has any questions that they think would be relevant to the podcast and particularly around this sort of bridging working with between business and technology yeah by all means send them in and we'll be more than happy to uh, try to answer them but I, I've, I've got an in, uh, just one to sort of get us going which which someone asked us or someone asked me uh, recently and that was we've talked about page builders and the idea of using page builders to design websites what's your opinion on on those do you think they're a good thing a bad thing is it something you should avoid or are they something that's worth having i think like so much with technology the key is that there is a standard and i think that one of the issues is that there over the last i don't know three, four, five years, there have been a number of page builder systems, particularly, I mean, I'm talking particularly here for for WordPress, Mm. which is where we've sort of nailed our colours. Um, but there have been a number of page builders that have come out, and some of them some of them have been quite good, but but none of them have managed to become that killer app that really takes uh, takes hold as as the the de facto standard until the one that came along probably three or four years ago now, Elementor, which has seems to have established that position, and um, I think last time I looked, it was on. 5 million plus mm. downloads and and I think one of the things with with technology is that standardization is critical if you, you look across the big tech players that whether you're talking about Microsoft or Google or Facebook or Amazon as people operating in very different fields all of those have had competitors whether it's for operating systems or social media or online shopping there have been many different 
businesses set up to try and deliver into those markets. But in all of those cases, there has been one key player that has has come to the top and has basically become the standard. Okay, with the likes of Windows and Mac, there there may be two competing in, in such a huge global marketplace. But essentially, you've got something that is a, is a global mm. standard. And I yeah. think that for technology to really work, particularly in such an interconnected world, you need global standards. And so so I think now, you know, you're asking about page builders, I think Elementor is definitely worth having a look at because mm. it is becoming a global standard. Right. Okay. So I think it's a question of, yes, page builders are a good idea, but think about which one you're going to use. And I think I w- I, just one thing I'd add to that is that if you're thinking of making a choice between a theme because you can't it's very difficult to start from scratch you need some sort of starting point and i think if if the options are a theme or a theme based on a particular page you're talking about design yeah design yeah then i would definitely go for the page builder option for the very simple reason that that's sort of it's not specific fashion specific or when it's a sort of it's a it's going to get updated Day, regularly day in day out and it, it will stay that standard whereas themes will come and go and one of the things we find is that often with themes is uh, they stop being supported and you can you can start having issues with them um, so definitely if you had a choice between a theme or a page builder I would definitely go the page builder route but I think it's one you've got to decide you use there are page builders and there are page builders and as, as David said we very much have nailed our colors and would recommend Elementor as a page builder and I think you can you can see a page builder as a set of tools to help you do something mm. where Whereas a theme is a pre-built design. Yeah. And actually, on more than one occasion, we've had situations where we have, somebody has, a client has liked the look of a theme, mm. but rather than use the theme, we have actually recreated that in Elementor, which gives a much more flexible base going forward, even to the extent of buying a theme in the first place, if there are particular images and yeah. what have you that, uh, that we want to use, that can mm. be an option as well. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, in fact, on that case, we've just we're just in the process. It'll hopefully go live next month. A website where we're doing that. We took a, a website with a defined theme, and we've converted that into Elementor. The, the site looks exactly the same, but now they're not dependent on the theme being supported going forward. So I think on that point, we will we'll leave it. And as usual, between our podcasts, you will find us on social media, particularly Twitter and LinkedIn at BSA Marketing. Um, you will find podcasts, including the introduction to this this season on podcast.bsamarketing.com and you will find posts there's usually a, a written post that accompanies each of these podcasts and you'll find that on www.bsamarketing.com so until next time i will leave it there and say happy marketing and goodbye bye for now bye